Dog's dinner and welcome to Shift F1, a podcast about speedy race cars. I am your host for this week, Drew Scanlon. Uh, Dog's dinner, of course, being a mess or fiasco in uh, in British. Uh, that's right. I am uh, rolling solo this week, and I'm I'm glad, <laughs> therefore, that I have a fantastic race to talk about the Austrian Grand Prix. Uh, this is I feel like. We were in kind of a slump with uh, Monaco and Canada and France. Uh, France is all right, but like Austria just kind of blew all that stuff out of the water. And this is this is why I watch F1 for for races like this. So um, I'm I'm happy to to have watched it. I didn't watch it live, um, but uh, boy, it was it was a great one. So let's get right to it i guess um some qualifying notes alonzo damaged his front wing on q in q2 on the big curb uh, on the last turn uh, and had to change it for the race so he had to actually start from the pit lane and Vettel qualified in third uh behind valtteri botas who's on pole and um narrowly edging out lewis hamilton in uh, in second place but despite Vettel qualifying third he impeded signs during qualifying so said the stewards uh, and <laughs> the video evidence uh and has a three place grid penalty so he's actually starting from sixth um it seems like something that you know his team may have should have told him about uh but it's i don't know it's kind of funny to see <laughs> that all the guy who complains about other people not respecting the rules impeding someone but uh it, it seems like from the footage that there's not a lot he could do he kind of lost signs in the mirror um but uh yeah there you go which i don't know i always like it when uh when these guys you know mercedes or ferrari start further back and can work their way up from the grid um and uh that's kind of exactly what happened uh valtteri botas like i said on pole followed by lewis hamilton kimi raikkonen and max verstappen in fourth place followed by roman grosjean starting fifth sebastian Vettel again down in sixth place behind him danny rick then kevin magnuson carlos Sainz jr and nico holkenberg rounding up the top 10 behind them is esteban ocon pierre gasly lance stroll in 13th stoffel van dorn uh, sergio perez in 15th sergey sorotkin in 16th uh charles leclerc qualified uh, I think in 12th, but received a five-place grid penalty for a gearbox change, so he starts 17th. Uh, behind him is Ericsson. Hartley uh, changed a power unit, so he took uh, some grid spot penalties uh, to start in 19th, and aforementioned Fernando Alonso for his front wing change. Uh, the race started great. Raikkonen split the Mercedes, squeezing Botas to the outside, shuffling him to third. Um, which moved Raikkonen up to second and uh, Hamilton in first. So that tussle allowed Verstappen to sneak past uh, Botas into third because he lost momentum. Uh, Then on the same lap, Raikkonen went wide trying to take Hamilton, managed to rejoin the track back in second place, but had to contend with Verstappen scrapping with him, which then allowed Botas to amazingly recapture second from fourth place all still on the opening lap. So it was uh, the the F1 uh, YouTube channel has some great onboards where you can watch all of this happen. Uh, it's a it's a really cool opening lap from those four guys. And uh, while Raikkonen and Verstappen are still tussling in third and fourth, um, 
Verstappen manages to just tap Raikkonen's rear left with his front right, and uh, Verstappen sneaks into third place. So uh, after the first lap, it is um, Hamilton out front, followed by Botas, then Verstappen, and then Raikkonen. Uh, lap 12, Hulkenberg goes out with an engine failure, lots of smoke and fire. And then just two laps later, Valtteri Botas, who cannot catch a break, pulls to the side of the road with a mechanical failure um, and uh, leaving Hamilton in the lead, followed by Verstappen and Raikkonen. And to get Botas off the track, they actually have to call out a virtual safety car, uh, which slows everybody down to about 40% of their usual speed. And at this point, Verstappen and Raikkonen and practically everyone else pit, but Hamilton stays out. Uh, this is a great time to pit because you're not losing as much time to those that are out on the track. Uh, and those who don't pit under the virtual safety car will comparatively lose much more time since their rivals will be lapping at full speed when they do pit. And this is exactly what happens to Hamilton because he pits on lap 26 after we're, you know, at racing speed, comes in from first place, but goes back out in fourth behind Verstappen in first, Ricardo, and then Raikkonen, all of whom pitted under the virtual safety car. So Hamilton loses uh, three places and is obviously not happy about this. He says something like, I don't get it, guys. We're just throwing away a win. Uh, and in kind of a, not an unprecedented, but a rare move, Mercedes's team strategist, James, a guy named James Vowles, uh, gets on the radio and says, uh, Lewis, it's James. I have thrown away the win today, but you have the potential opportunity to get back up. Just let the tires cool. We trust in you and believe in you. I'm sorry. I thought this was an incredibly classy move from uh, the Mercedes team strategist. And uh, I, yeah. Hopefully, uh, it gave Lewis a little more of a, a a boost to to try to come back and get some get on the podium because he's currently in fourth. Uh, about halfway through the race, though, we start seeing blisters forming on a lot of the tires, likely due to the heat of the track, which was higher on race day than it was during qualifying. Uh, Ricardo, who's in second place in particular, is having trouble, and Raikkonen gets by him on lap thirty eight. Uh, neither Ferrari seems to be having the issues though, um, because one lap later, Vettel gets by Hamilton for third place, uh, despite Hamilton's tires being 10 laps newer. It's a great move too. On the inside of turn three, Vettel hangs out there for a really long time, kind of shoving Hamilton out of position, but it was clean and it worked. So that was probably my favorite move of the race. Um, Verstappen is still out in first and was actually told about right, Ricardo's tire blistering but reassures his team saying, it's okay, I'm feeling good, don't worry. Uh, <laughs> it seems totally fine in first place. And uh, to his credit, like, I, I don't really know if a if driving style, well, I imagine driving style has a lot to do with saving your tires, uh, and Verstappen seems to be doing really well at that. Uh, lap 54, though, Ricardo goes out of the race with a mechanical failure, uh, and it seems like a disease is sweeping through the field or something because one lap later, uh, Hart Hartley goes out two, And then on lap 63, not even Lewis Hamilton can escape the fates because he too pulls over with mechanical failure, leaving, that's right, Roman Grosjean and Kevin Magnussen in fourth and fifth place. And that is how they finish 
with Verstappen bringing it home on his tires uh, in first place, Raikkonen in second, and Vettel in third. Neither Ferrari seemed to be having any uh, tire problems at all, so uh, kudos to them, I guess. Uh, Roman Grosjean and Kevin Magnussen in fourth and fifth, Haas's best ever finish. Uh, Esteban Ocon in sixth, Perez in seventh, Alonso in eighth place, Charles Leclerc in ninth, and Marcus Erickson in tenth. Uh, by the way, Leclerc not only started in 17th after a gearbox change, but he ran off the track on lap two and got dropped to 19th place, but managed to still finish ninth, which is incredible. Uh, Pierre Gasly in 11th, um, Carlos Sainz in 12th, Sorokin 13th, Stroll 14th, and Van Dorn 15th. Uh, not classified were Nico Hulkenberg, Valtteri Bottas, Danny Rick, Brendan Hartley, and Lewis Hamilton. Uh, I think they, they said something like the last time a Mercedes had a double DNF due to mechanical failure was like in the fifties or something. Uh, the only, the last time I remember both Mercedes going out was when Rosberg and Hamilton collided on the first lap of, uh, Spain. But I mean, that team has had a great track record, um, of, uh, of mechanical, uh, fortitude and to see both of them have problems with uh, their cars in the same race is just, I don't know, it's its its strange and weird, but it led to a cool race. Uh, but that, I think, is secondary to Mercedes's terrible call uh, about not pitting Hamilton. Um, there's a... So Mercedes does these, like, graphical breakdowns of each race that's uh, on their YouTube channel, and um, they're... Uh, they're who is he? He is the um, technical director, James Allison, uh, walks us through that one. And he basically says that Mercedes thought the virtual safety car would last longer, which would give Mercedes a chance to see what other teams did and then react. But the VSC only lasted for, I think, a lap. Uh, and by that time, everyone had pitted and then Lewis didn't have a chance to. And so just you know, resumed racing at, at full speed. Uh, in a quote from racefans.net, Mercedes team principal Toto Wolf says, quote, the VSC came out, we had half a lap to react and we didn't. Fact, this is where we lost the race. At this stage of the race with the VSC pitting, it's probably the 80% thing you need to do. With one car out there against two others, there was the thinking process that happened is what would happen if the others could split the cars, like if the other teams he's talking about. If we pit Lewis, we would come out behind Kimi. If they leave Kimi out and then behind Max, what would that mean for the race? Uh, and that whole thinking loop, I wouldn't say distracted us, but that thinking loop we spent too much time on. Um, yeah, even, even you know, the team that has run the, won the Constructors' Championship many, many years in a row uh, can still make mistakes. And I think, uh, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, but also... I think there's a, a tendency for when something goes wrong to blame the strategy, but when everything goes right, it's never the strategy. We, we compliment the driver, right? Um, so I don't know. It's, it's got to be tough being in that position. Um, but it's, it's, I mean, kudos to, uh, to, uh, to Mr. Val for owning up to the strategy thing, even though, you know, Lewis went out with a technical problem anyway. Uh, in regards to that, Mercedes did introduce new engine upgrades for this race, but Toto says that these aren't 
to blame. Uh, in another quote from racefans.net, quote, I think none of the issues today on the cars has something to do with the power unit's reliability. As far as you can see, we had a hydraulic leak leak that was linked to the steering on Valtteri, and we had a drop in fuel pressure on Lewis's car, which was linked to the fuel system. This is the current understanding. So no regrets on introducing the engine. So yeah, it seems like hydraulics and fuel system, uh, nothing to do with the engine upgrades. Um, I thought this was interesting. There's more quotes here on racefans.net from Mercedes technical director, James Allison. Uh, I, I just like this because it gives you a sense as to what must go through the engineers' minds when they see their car blow up. He says, quote, uh, every time the car stops in an uncontrolled way where a failure happens and the system is then shut down in a manner that is unusual and where the car can suffer all manner of unknown gremlins, you can't be completely sure until we've done all the necessary checks to be certain that the bits of the car that are sealed and do attract sporting penalties weren't in any way affected by those uncontrolled shutdowns. So that's a long way of saying that they don't think that Mercedes will incur any penalties before this weekend's race in Silverstone um, because of the fact that none of the things that incur penalties were broken. But again, I, I don't think that is for sure yet, or at least it wasn't when the quote was made. Uh, Versappen, with his win, ties the record for four wins with no pole positions. According to racefans.net, this is a record held by Eddie Irvine and Bruce McLaren for most uh, race wins without a pole position. Uh, he's always just, he's there whenever anything, whenever anything goes, goes bad for whoever's out in front. Um, speaking of the upcoming race in Silverstone, uh, we've got another track this is the fourth track that is adding a drs zone for this race uh from racefans.net once again fia race director charlie whiting confirmed silverstone will be the fourth track this year to get a third drs zone quote there will be one extra zone from the last corner up to the first it's not a big zone but the interesting thing is that they could use it uh open through turn one if they wanted to which is insane. I always thought that DRS, you could only really use in a straight line. If you used it in a corner, that would be ludicrous. But he says, once they activate it after turn 18, club, the next, or the exit of the last corner, it only closes when they either break or back off. So they could potentially go through turns one and two with it open. Uh, the new DRS zone is in addition to the existing zones at the exit of turn five and turn 14. Um, speaking of the circuit, this is, I mean, even if you didn't know, uh, the circuit very well, me just reading the names of the turns would lead you to believe that, yes, this is a very British track. Listen to this. Abbey, that's turn one. Farm. <laughs> uh, Luffield. Woodcote. Maggots and Beckets. Chapel. Stowe. Like, these are, not only are they well-known corners but they just seem so very british uh the ones that i think are the most interesting are maggots and beckets it's kind of this back and forth uh 10 11 12 13 14 section uh although i think 14 is technically named chapel but if you uh if you know the circuit of the americas track that's where they took the like first two or three turns from is this track it's a very uh they're not chicanes but they are like left right left right uh, and then you've really got to nail them because if you lose 
uh, if you start losing momentum in any of them, then someone else is going to come up and, and get you. Uh, Cops is a big, long, sweeping right-hander. Um, Stowe is right at the end of a DRS straight, so you've really got to be Johnny on the spot with the brakes. Uh, Vale is a nice uh, left right angle um, that sweeps right into club, which is a, a long, or I guess a, uh, a not a tight turn, but goes right back onto the start-finish line, which is also a DRS zone. So, um, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of good classic uh, turns there. And the races at, at Silverstone tend to be, uh, they tend to be kind of like a coin flip in my mind. Um, that's just kind of the impression I have. Uh, but let's look at weather, shall we? Saturday qualifying day looks to be pretty warm, partly cloudy, uh, but 85 degrees Fahrenheit or high 20s Celsius. Um, and uh, decent wind, 11 kilometers an hour or seven miles an hour. Uh, with about 50% humidity, which is kind of a lot. Uh, low chance of precipitation, 20% um, on qualifying day, and even lower, 10% on race day. But temperatures for race day and wind and humidity all look about the same. So, um, tires for the Silverstone race, we've got hard, medium, and soft. I want to say this is the first time we've seen the hard tires. They are blue-striped which is confusing because I think the rain tires are blue as well. Um, but we've got a an asphalt grip is a 4 out of 5. Downforce for the track is a 4. Asphalt abrasion is a 3. Tire stress and lateral are both 5s. So uh, this one is apparently rough on tires. We've got 52 laps, a circuit length of 5.9 kilometers, and a race distance total of 306 kilometers. Uh, Lewis Hamilton holds the lap record and I think has won four of these in a row. So expect him to uh, to get a home crowd advantage. Let's take it to some news, shall we? Uh, big, big announcement out of McLaren this week. Race director Eric Boulier is out. Uh, this quote here from racefans.net. McLaren Racing CEO Zach Brown, who accepted Boulier's resignation yesterday, said the performance of the team's car this year, quote, has not met the expectations of anyone at McLaren, especially our loyal fans. This is not the fault of the hundreds of committed and hardworking men and women at McLaren. The causes are systemic and structural, which require major change from within. With today's announcement, we start to address those issues head on and take the first step on our road to recovery. I would like to take this opportunity on behalf of the entire team to thank Eric for his service and contribution to McLaren and wish him well in his future endeavors. Wow. Uh, I mean, no secret that McLaren has not been doing too great, even after their, you know, highly publicized switched from, uh, from Honda to, to Renault. So somebody's got to take the fall for that. Um, interestingly, uh, a guy named Jill DeFerrin, who's a racer he raced in i know he, i know him from from indycar uh where he raced for a long time he has taken on the sport uh, the role of sporting director at mclaren uh but according to racefans.net uh it is yet to be it is yet to be announced whether bouillet's former position will be filled uh zach brown denied joel DeFerrin had been appointed earlier this year in order to do, to replace bouillet so uh joel DeFerrin, it seems will remain the sporting director for mclaren uh, in other news, uh, F1 launched 
don't really know how I feel about this, but F1 launched its own podcast. It's called Beyond the Grid, and it's actually pretty good. Uh, they have one episode so far, a lengthy, about an hour-long, 45-minute, 50-minute interview with Lewis Hamilton. Uh, really short, starting the show, the showstopper, um, where they just they just chat. It's kind of something that I have wanted for a long time, like to hear these guys talk in a long form, what sounds like an unedited format. Like it's just they get to go and talk about their lives. Uh, and the the interviewer, I don't remember the guy's name, but it seems like he's been around for a while, and he he does a really good job of like just backing off and letting and letting Lewis talk. So, um, yeah, it's called Beyond the Grid. It's on you know podcast services everywhere and the F1 YouTube channel. Uh, they don't really talk, at least in this episode, they don't really talk about formula. Like he's not talking about like, Hey, what are, how are the tires going to be this weekend? You know, it's not newsy at all. It's really just about, uh, the, the drivers themselves. And I think the next episode is going to be, uh, Robert Kubica. So, um, it makes sense. F1 has the access to these guys. So why not, uh, exploit that and, uh, make a, a good interview show. So, so far it's, it's pretty good. Uh, and finally from, uh, from Reddit, uh, it is, uh, this cool graphic that again, I'll link on the, on the show notes, um, that shows uh, the different engines, engines that each currently racing driver has raced with. So it's, it's my understanding that the engine has a lot to do with how <laughs> this is going to sound really stupid. The engine has a lot to do with how the car drives, um, and what I mean by that is that drivers who drive a specific engine are more comfortable in cars of a different design that have the same engine. So when drivers jump teams, it's usually to a car with the same engine that they have raced with before. Uh, I imagine that also has to do with drivers being tied to a team's, you know, development program um, and contracts and stuff. Uh, but I would also imagine that a driver looks better to a team if they know that he's driven their engine before. So, uh, anyway, this is kind of a nerdy thing, but Reddit user super polenta man has made a nice graphic of like a, a multi Venn diagram, uh, of, uh, what, uh, different engines, uh, each driver has, has driven. And <laughs> it should come as no surprise that Fernando Alonso has driven the most. He has driven five of them, uh, a Honda, a Renault, a Ferrari, a Mercedes, uh, and a Cosworth. The only one he has not driven is a BMW, uh, which Fettel has is the only one who has driven one of those of the current drivers. So I think that that was interesting to me. Let's take it to the standings. Uh, driver standings. We got Sebastian Fettel on top by one point with lewis hamilton going out of this race sebastian fiddle has 146 lewis has 145 this is shaping up to be a good season you guys uh kimmy raikkonen in third place with 101 points danny ricks got 96 max verstappen with 93 valtteri botas with 92 boy it's close up there uh kevin magnuson with seven points fernando alonso i'm sorry in seventh place with 37 points fernando alonso right behind him with 36 hulkenberg's in ninth place with 34 carlos Sainz rounding out the top 10 with 28 behind him is perez with 23 esteban Ocon with 19 gasly with 18 leclerc with 13 grosjean with 12 after uh, one race in the points Van Dorn's got eight, Stroll with four, Erickson with three, Hartley with one, and Sergei Sorotkin, the only guy with zero 
points. Uh, constructors, though, check this out. Ferrari on top with 247, uh, issuing a crushing blow to Mercedes uh, in the last race. So they've got 237. Uh, Red Bull in third with 189. Renault's got 62. Haas, Gene Haas, has 49. McLaren's got 44. Force India with 42. Boy, that's a, another close pack right there. Uh, Scuderia Toro Rosso has 19. Sauber's got 16. And Williams has 4. Uh, the, <laughs> the team standings in the official Shift F1 Fantasy League, uh, which you can join us in if you so like. It is, uh, it is free. And our invite code is 0B is in Bravo, 62 foxtrot echo we'll also post that on uh, uh f1.cool um but yes i am <laughs> i am uh 120th out of oh out of 424 so i'm actually doing all right uh but still in first place bobby gondo racing followed by speedy mccready's haas tax fraud trendsetters made in haas hypersoft heist bois party scott's tots Go F1 yourself, and in 10th place, Red Bully. So, if you'd like to join us, it is free. And I'll, again, I'll post the invite code on f1.cool with show notes. But now it's time to race around the world. I'm not even going to try to blow up my voice, because that's a, that's a Daniel Dwyer thing. I'm not going not gonna to step on him. Um, but we've got a lot of things going on this weekend. F2 is uh, supporting... F1 in uh, in Silverstone. Uh, supercars are in Townsville, which is maybe my favorite name for a city in the world, for the Wattpack Townsville 400. Uh, world Superbike is in Misano at the Misano World Circuit. Marco Simoncelli. The IMSA WeatherTech Championship uh, is at the Canadian Tire Motorsport Park in Baumanville, Ontario, Canada. Uh, Verizon IndyCar Series is at the Iowa Speedway for the Iowa Corn 300 in Newton, Iowa. The NHRA is in Epping, New Hampshire for the New England Nationals at the New England Dragway. Super Formula is at Fuji Speedway in, oh boy, Oyama, Sunto District, Shizuoka Prefecture, Japan. And finally... NASCAR. You didn't think I'd go an entire weekend without NASCAR, did you? Uh, we are at the hallowed ground of Daytona in Daytona Beach, Florida. But it's not the 500. I know what you're thinking. That happened already. Uh, this one is the Coke Zero Sugar 400. I, I don't know if it means that there's zero sugar or that it's the Coke Zero Sugar 400. But there you go. Formula One, however, starts July 6th uh, at 2 a.m. Pacific time with first practice one. Then we got second practice, uh, first practice one. Then we got second practice, uh, same day at 6 a.m. Third practice, July 7th at 3 a.m. That's Saturday. Uh, followed by the qualifying session at 6 a.m. And then the race Sunday, July 8th at 6 a.m. 10 a.m. Join us, won't you? 
Um, hey, you can hit us up on Twitter. Did you know that? Follow at Chipped F1 Podcast for show updates and any fun F1 stuff we run, aqua- we run across. I am Drew Scanlon. Uh, he is normally Danny O'Dwyer when he's with me. Uh, shout out this week goes to Justin Wakefield, a.k.a. at Pulp Freak, uh, for sending us this 30-minute long YouTube video that is uh, a breakdown of, I guess, the, the F1 logistics that happen between races. Uh, it's it's fascinating. I didn't I haven't watched the whole thing yet, but it's a lot of things loading on trucks uh, and being sent around the world in uh, in amazing fashion. So I think it follows the Sauber F1 team as they go from um, uh, they go from Belgium to to Italy. So I will link that in the show notes. Uh, as always, you can find our show notes themselves on F1.cool. Until next time, I am Drew Scanlon. He's normally Danny O'Dwyer. If you'd like to support us. We are both on Patreon, Danny at patreon.com slash noclip, me at patreon.com slash clockmap. Anything else, Robot Danny? No. Great. Have a good race weekend, everyone. We will see you all next time. Yeah.